Good evening, everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy. The country has begun its reopening in certain parts, and hopefully we'll all stay safe and stay healthy. I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, in my opinion, we're opening up without any protocol or any type of safety rules or anything like that. It just seems very lost in what is happening. I mean, there's really no direction on on what is right, what is good. Each state's kind of doing their own thing. There's criticisms on both sides, and it just doesn't feel like it's going to end up being well. I think we're going to have another wave, and unfortunately, I think it's going to be worse. In my opinion, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I just go by what I read and what I watch, and what the facts are and what the doctors are saying. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but we shall see. I'd like to welcome in our next guest. He is a repeat offender once again. You've heard him on Tales of the Douche, both episodes, Loud Talkers and Tall People, as well as our episode back around Christmas time in... And the subject was why you should know Butch Walker. And I'd like to welcome him back on the show. It's Chris Ricardo, and we're going to review the new Butch Walker album, American Love Story. What's going on, Chris? How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me again, Uh, especially for one of our favorite artists. Yes. You and I have seen Butch several times over the past decade. You introduced me to him at, and when he was on tour for the Sycamore Meadows. You had an extra ticket. I was just finalizing my divorce or just finished getting divorced. He told me to come to this show with you, and I was blown away. And we ended up seeing him. Do we end up going on other shows for Sycamore Meadows, or did we do all the shows for the I Liked You Better When You Had No Heart album? Boy, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Never they were touring with Loxley, whenever that was. Well, that was the I liked you better when you had no heart. And I know I saw him with Train down in Indiana. I know you and I went to a show at some small mm-hmm. bar outside of Bloomington. I know we saw him in Kentucky, where I took my son to his first show. You've gone all the way to California for his annual charity show. For the Autumn Leaves organization. Which I definitely want to go to at some point. I just haven't been able to make it out there. But you've gone to some pretty cool shows. I know you went to some solo acoustic show where he was retiring a bunch of songs that he wasn't going to play anymore. That was like four or five years ago or maybe even longer than that. Yeah, Butch has been a big part yeah. of our lives. I know you were really into Marvelous 3 when that was going on. I didn't really listen to Marvelous 3 till after I got into his solo stuff. So Marvelous 3 for me was kind of like going back and checking his stuff out because I had always known about Butch because I heard you talk about him and our some of our other friends talk about him. But I never really listened to him until that night at the House of Blues for the Sycamore Meadows show. And I was blown away and I've been a fan ever since, been hooked ever since. Yeah, definitely... Definitely, um, 
I, I think more people get turned on by his live shows than the than the albums. You know, just the the energy he puts out. He really knows how to how to rule a stage. You know, coming from coming from a hair band in the '80s, he knows how to get it done. Being inspired by Kiss and all, you know. Yeah, that's one thing that you will never experience, and that is a bad Butch Walker show. He always puts on a phenomenal show. He mixes in a couple cover tracks. He's got a great band that's always backing him up. Just as an incredible performer, full of energy, full of just, it's a great rock and roll show. I mean, there are two types of people in this world. There are those that know about Butch Walker, and there are those that just have not heard him yet. I think that's kind of how he wants to be, at least my opinion. I don't know the man himself. I've never really had a conversation with him, but judging on his music and judging on things that he has said over the years. I think he likes the fact that he can be this big time producer and produce stuff for Keith Urban and Pink and Train and Fallout Boy and Green Day, Harry Connick, you name it. I mean, he's produced them. And then he's got his little, you know, his solo career that create in terms of being creative in the creative process, he's really free to do whatever he wants to do. I don't think there's anyone hammering him or coming down and going, no, it's got to sound like this. No, this song needs an extra chorus line or whatever it needs. Or, I, I think he likes that. I think he enjoys the freedom that he has because people have asked, asked him, why don't you play your hits? And I know his response is, I don't have any hits. I have the luxury of playing whatever I want to play any night that I want to play it. And that's what's so cool about him. And his music has connected with me on a personal level, helped me get through my divorce, especially Sycamore Meadows' I Liked You Better When You Had No Heart. The music on both those albums really resonated with me, as well as The Spade and Afraid of Ghosts, we know where he was talking about his late father and Stay Gold, which I thought was phenomenal. And then there's stuff like Letters and Let's Go Out Tonight's, which I enjoy too as well, but... Sycamore Meadows and I liked you better when you had no heart. My two favorites. What about you? Um, I think um, I think the spade, the spade might be one of my faves, and I'm I'm kind of uh, fond of the Let's Go Out Tonight. Uh, although I haven't I haven't listened to it in a while, but I remember really liking that album because it was uh, just kind of different. Although you know, just about every one of his albums. That he comes out with is a little different than the last, except for that little that little spit with uh, like Sycamore Meadows, I like you better, and and the Spade were all I think kind of you know kind of similar to each other. A lot of the same players on those albums, but um, yeah, I mean I think that was like maybe maybe his high point until maybe now. I'm not sure how this new one's going to do, but I think it's got uh, it's got some legs for sure. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big album for him, as big as an album can be, I guess, in this day and age. You know, the days of having that number one record or, you know, for for weeks on end are long gone, as we know. But this album, I have to admit, when I first heard it, the album, of course, is called American Love Story. It didn't hit me like the other albums did. And I don't know if it was because... I was in a mood that day. You know, sometimes you're in a mood where you just don't want to be inspired. You don't want to have any connection to anything. I also listened to it at like midnight. So I had been up all day and I had been tired. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And then, of course, I visually watched it 
Whereas I, in the, in the past, I've just listened to the audio. So mm-hmm. I think I was tired. It was obviously late. You know, I was probably just cranky at that point. And here I am listening to this album or watching this album play while listening. Yeah. And I just, yeah, so I was, I was underwhelmed, you know? That's the, um, he's got the accompanying video that basically just, it's the, it's all the audio with videos that go along with it. So it's kind of like a movie, right? Yeah. It's, it's a movie. It's, you know, it goes along. It's a companion piece of the album. As I listened to it again over the weekend, I was much more connected to it. I loved it. I loved just the message that it talks about. I, I love the playing on the record. I love the the feel-good music in the background while talking about a really serious subject. I, I like that um, mm-hmm. that contrast, which I think is really, really cool and, and very clever how he did it. Again, listened to it when it first came out at midnight, didn't hit me, was underwhelmed, listened to it on Friday night, Saturday, and then the test was I listened to it in the car. I was driving over to my mom's house to kind of wave to her and wish her a happy Mother's Day on Sunday, and you know, listening to it in the car, that's when it like was like, bam, this is really good. This is a good record. What were your initial thoughts? Like, How did you respond to it? How did you absorb it? Um, you know... A few of the tunes, a handful of the tunes have been kind of, well, Butch is, Butch was putting them out on his Instagram uh, page with, you know, just a little video of him sitting in front of the console, just kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, singing along to the song, if you will, or, you know, I don't know, dancing along to it or whatever. But so I kind of heard a few of them, um, and then only like a minute long on Instagram or whatever, so you don't really hear the whole tune, but I was thinking what I was hearing that, you know, maybe out of five of them, there might have been one or two. I was like, what is that? You know, is that when the lion sleeps or the lion sleeps tonight? Yeah, the, li- the Lion <laughs> King I- chorus. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to wrap my head around it, but then, you know, finding out a little more about, you know, his approach. A lot, lot of different approaches to this thing. Um, but, you know, I, I got it after after listening to it and finding out what he was doing. He's, he was really kind of calling back to those old those old tunes and the old sounds and the old styles and kind of, uh, you know, bringing those back. Um, and it also reflects on the story of the of the album. So anybody who doesn't know it, it's a concept album. And, uh, you know, I think it, bring, it goes back to, um, you know, his childhood years. And it's not necessarily about him, but the, the time frame, you know, maybe the 70s, 80s, you get a lot of those tones, a lot of those um, sounds, a lot of a lot of lifted uh, riffs, if you will, which, you know, they sound real similar to the originals, but they're just a little different, but you know what he's doing, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I, I, you know, once I wrapped my head around what was going on um, and, you know, had a little bit of exposure to it before the album actually dropped, um, you know, I turned it on first thing in the morning, I mean, I think it was like 6.30. Somebody, somebody actually texted me a screenshot of the Spotify album, you know, released. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I turned the thing on and I was, you know, making my coffee and getting ready for work and stuff. And I dug it, man. I just, you know, kind of like, you know, tapping my foot and bopping along just about the whole way. And then when, 
And uh, yeah, so overall, when I first listened, I liked it, which is kind of not the norm for, um, especially, you know, some of Butcher's albums that, you know, I might have listened to once or twice and then didn't listen to again for a while. And then all of a sudden find myself really loving these albums. So to, to really like it out of the gate is kind of rare for me, except for, you know, there's a, definitely a few that I really liked when they first came out, but some of them I just like, what is this? And kind of really them off until later and now really appreciate them. But yeah, so overall, I really liked it. Um, yeah, because it's, you know, knowing you as long as I've known you, I I know a few of the records like The Spade, Afraid of Ghosts, Stay Gold, it didn't connect with you right away. Those albums, I remember your first initial reaction were, I don't know if I like it, I don't know. And then I talked to you like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, dude, it's awesome. This records are, these records are great, and this record's awesome. Yeah. So I kind of had the opposite, yeah. where I'm always like pumped about Butch stuff, and I'm like ready to go. I'm in Butch mode. Right out of the gate, I love the record. This was different. And maybe, maybe it was because I was in Butch mode where I was – also anticipating a record like Stay Gold or like The Spade, where it, it it is in some aspects. I mean, it's definitely a Butch album, but it's also different because of the content and because of the whole rock opera conceptual part of the album. So maybe at my mind, of course, after midnight, after being up all day, was not in that mode at that time. But since I've listened to it, First of all, Gridlock. Gridlock is, I think, one of his, one of the best songs he's ever recorded. It's just a very smart song lyrically and musically. It flows great. It's got um, just a great vibe to it. And it's also got a very serious subject matter, too, as well. So I really appreciated that coming out of the intro song or intro of the singer. Gridlock, yeah. to me, I mean, just... Standing alone, the, the the song stands alone by itself. It's it's one of the best Butch Walker songs of all time. Yeah, I, I initially thought I'm like, why would he start off with this like mellow, slow Fleetwood Mac song? You know, <laughs> it's really like I, I was like, when you come out swinging, and it you know it really didn't. But man, it's a great song. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned before about a little bit of the backstory about the record, about his upbringing in the South in Georgia. He grew up in Cartersville, and he talks about that in a few inter- interviews leading up to this album. I also really appreciated how the music that was part of his upbringing really comes out, you know, that influence of when he was growing up as a yeah. little kid. You know, I mean, he Definitely. has, he has this, yeah, the story connects with him because he grew up in the South. Like you said, it's not about him but it's very relatable to him because of course he experienced a lot of these things and you know we all had similar upbringings you know we're both child I mean I was born in 75 so I'm more of a child of the late 70s 80s and you were born a few years before me so you had the you know the impact of the mid 70s all the way into the 80s but I think a lot of people our age can find common ground in that there were things said I think well let me rephrase that I think a lot of people our age experienced a lot of the same talk a lot of the same words that were spoken about at barbecues at family dinners at family outings with 
cousins and uncles and, and whatever. And you heard a lot of stuff that growing up, that's how you were programmed to think. And I think, and I think a lot of what this album is about is how people do get programmed and how their thoughts are not necessarily their own faults because of the product of their environment. I think that's a big, big thing. And, you know, you and I have had the ability to evolve over our lives, right? Like there's words that I heard as a, as a young kid and maybe even used as a young kid that I would never use now, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, um, you know, out of high school now and, you know, experiencing life, experiencing other cultures, experience, you know, people with different backgrounds (laughs) as, as I've had. So, so yeah, I think that becoming becoming a human, (laughs) becoming a human being, a, a respectable human being. Right. I mean, there are a lot of people that haven't, and I know, a lot of people that haven't. I know people still yeah. talk the same way and they still yeah, use the same words. And it's, it is a shame because it's like, man, why do you got to talk like that? You know, like, why do you got to say those things? You know, I asked my son probably like four or five months ago, we were in the car, we were talking, and he brought up a subject about some of the kids in school that are gay. And, you know, we I was talking to him about what those kids have to go through and what those kids have to deal with. They may not have accepting families for, of their lifestyle. So they're going to have a grudge or most of them are going to have a grudge who experienced that right off the bat. They're going to think people are going to be mean to them or going to bully them because maybe they're experiencing that with an older brother or a father or a mother or cousins or whomever. We don't know what happens you know, when somebody has that lifestyle and comes out to a family that may be very conservative or may not have, may not evolve like you and I evolve. Right. So I was having that Mm -hmm. conversation with him and I said, have you ever heard me say any words about someone's sexual orientation, anyone's, you know, culture or race? Have you ever heard me say anything derogatory? He's like, no, I've never heard you say any of that stuff. And I, I'm happy that he has been in an environment like that because I think you become more accepting when you as a parent are accepting of other lifestyles or as your kid will be more accepting. And I don't really know if that's, you know, a should be a liberal point of view or a conservative point of view. I just think that's a human point of view. Right. I mean, just be accepting yeah, of who totally. people are and, yeah, you know, the, the way they the way they want to live their life. My kids, I got to hand it to them. They're they're uh, they're here. It's a- polar opposite of like what I grew up with, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I have to say that a lot of people in my family have still remained the same, but there's also a lot of people that have evolved too as well, you know, and I'm happy to say that, you know, I I know some people that, you know, are in my family who used to use words like that, no longer use that, those kind of words. And, and, you know, I, I do believe that people should, be given the ability to evolve you know i mean we're not the same people we were 30 years ago 40 years ago i'm not the same person i was when i was 14 15 years old and you shouldn't mm-hmm. be right yeah. you should grow as a person you should you know you should be able to get over whatever you know is causing you to use hateful words or feel hateful thoughts and i think as it relates to the album i think that's really the message throughout is evolve 
be the change. Yeah, know, the change. You know, change change your views or or and I know Butch talks about this story that goes along with the album that is kind of the background of it and about how the kid the guy or the kid who used to harass this other kid in school by calling him words, you know, and bullying him and everything is in this accident and the kid that he bullied you know, saves his life and and helps him, you know, calls 911 and and does all these things to help him and everything and it takes that moment for the guy who was the bully to change his thoughts and rethink the way he feels about things and rewire his brain. And it's a climactic moment in the story. I just hope for most people out there listening, it shouldn't take an event like that to change. You know, I mean, it just, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing on the news, the murder of the young African-American man in Georgia who was jogging and was gunned down by armed civilians in the middle of the day. And it's just amazing that stuff still like, you know, that that stuff like that is still happening in 2020. Um, You know, I don't want to make this a political show or anything like that, but it is a product. (laughs) It is a product of our, current situation now we we're, we're we live in a very it's, volatile country very i mean it seems like there's been a resurgence of these types of things yeah and I, and I don't think you can, can you know deny that and if you are going to deny that i don't know what reality you're living in because we see this on an almost daily basis whether it's people with their phones recording people yelling at them at a parking lot or neighbors yelling across the yard or whatever the case is it's a very volatile, volatile time in our country, and now we have these lockdowns, and we have these people going to protest at you know government buildings, armed to the hilt with the Confederate yeah. flag and nooses. I mean, what does that have to do with with the lockdown and the pandemic? I don't know, but that's just absolutely <laughs> crazy, right? It's batshit crazy. It's batshit fucking crazy. Like, why do you, you why do you have a rocket launcher? At a protest due to a pandemic. I mean, a lockdown due to a pandemic. I mean, we're all trying to stay safe and stay healthy. We, in order for this to go away, we all got to work together and we all kind of kind of do the same thing. And when you're walking around the state capitol with a rocket launcher with a Confederate flag in the state of Michigan, that is a northern state that wasn't part of the southern states in the Civil War, and a noose... What the hell does a noose have to do with you sitting your ass on the couch in lockdown? What is the Confederate yeah. flag? This is not slavery. It has nothing even close to do yeah. with slavery. Yeah, it's right, just right. crazy. I don't understand why. Yeah. I don't understand what goes through people's heads. But getting back to the album review, Flyover State, you know, has the Lion King chorus on it. Um, it's very much about the conservative point of view. And I know it's very easy to be, to have stereotypes or to view stereotypes of people, you know, whether it's the California liberal or whether it's the Southern conservative or, you know, the the people raised in Chicago versus the people raised down in St. Louis or Kansas versus New York. It's, I think it's very easy to draw a stereotype from a group of people. It's not right, but you can classify a whole group of people based on a few 
bad actors, right? What was when you when you're experienced in the album and you're listening to Gridlock and Flyover State? What's going through your head as you're listening to the lyrics? Um, well, Flyover State, I I remember um, I, I just remember the the freaking guitar solo, <laughs> and the guitar solo is awesome, and it's like you know from really bitch kind of shredding again I, mean, I wouldn't say shredding but it's just his guitar playing when this album is great and super tasty the, the build up the build up on the end kind of like the Beatles uh, you know thing I think I thought that was really cool too yeah yeah he pulls from a lot of different influences on this album and I think that's I hope it gets talked about because I think that's a very clever way to tell this story you know, as you're listening to yeah. the music, it's got a very different vibe that the lyrics are talking about. So, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like um, bad content put to good music. If that makes any sense, you know. Well, maybe not bad content, but maybe. Well, I mean, subject matter, right. not not right. bad as in like it's not good. Bad meaning, you know, it's some deep, heavy stuff, but it's put on top of upbeat you know poppy music and you kind of you kind of really have to think about what's going on yeah i think you you mentioned his guitar playing on this album there's a lot of different styles i mean i think of the song out in the open which has a very gary moore-esque style playing on that song i Mm -hmm. really loved it at least that's what I got out of it. Like I immediately, especially in the solo, heard Gary Moore in terms of like the texture and the tone. I thought it was, was some of his best guitar playing he's done in a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The next song was Six Foot Middle-Aged Man, or is Six Foot Middle-Aged Man, mm-hmm. which is the basically the point of view of someone who hasn't evolved looking at different stereotypes, looking at people through the stereotype lens of, of, you know, of what he's feeling or how he feels towards people. So that was really interesting too, as well. Yeah. I like the, um, the, the tissue for daddy issues. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil. Yeah, no, that was pretty <laughs> clever. Wanna... I like that too, as well. It, yeah. And what's, what's funny too is, uh, on Stay Gold, the video was uh, a gold member, so I wonder <laughs> if he's really pulling from Austin Powers on these things, you know? Yeah. I know there was there's a very familiar tone on some of the songs. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell it's a Butch song, but there's also a, a couple of songs that do sound like a previous Butch song. Like the next track, Fuck It, I Don't Like Love. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's very reminiscent of some yeah. other material that he's that he's played through the years. Yeah, um, and I've I've noticed that in a, in a in a handful of his tunes, like the melody um, sounds like you know it was from another song. They just kind of put different words to it, which I know you know people people do that just for you know I guess just that's their style or um, maybe maybe they put something out that didn't do well. So they kind of rehashed it and put it out on something else. But yeah, Butch, Butch got a handful of those things where it's like, Oh, that's just like that part from that other song, you know? Yeah. Not that we're complaining because any Butch song is a great. No, Butch song, not at but all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I do no- notice there was some familiarity to, you know, the melody and the hook that he was playing. I mean, I know he he had this record done two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of sat on it. So, you know, this was maybe in the same cycle as he was recording after Stay Gold. So, I mean, there, there might be a reason for a lot of that familiar melody or, or a familiar kind of hook in each of the or some of the songs not each of the songs but some of the songs yeah and yeah. i just feel that um you know as he probably dove more into this project you know a lot more came to be in terms of the different styles like gridlock or you know flyover state or as we get through you got to be who you are you know i mean there's a lot of different styles and how he's playing, and I don't know how he came up with the idea to include a lot of the different influences from song to song in, in each of the each of the tunes on the album, but it works, and it's very clever, and it's it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then that's, um, fuck it, I don't like love. Um, I, it reminds me of, uh, like, Marvelous 3, you know, like the punchy, tight guitar sound, I'm like, almost almost Floyd's went back to going back to the Floyd's like he had that Fender type guitar tone. Like he kind of, you know, brought that back. I don't know if it was on purpose or just so happened to, uh, you know, that's what he likes and that's what he put in. But I noticed that, that, um, that guitar tone was back from back in the day. And then what, like, that's the one that's like Ario Speedwagon <laughs> in, the, in the verses that, um, that it's kind of a rip off of uh, what, what's that? I can't even think of the song. On. Time for uh, take it on the run, um, or time for me to fly. Man, I can't. I can't think of it. I think it's take it on the run. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're. Right. I'm just trying to think about it in my head here. So, but yeah, another one with a great guitar solo on it. Super, super cool guitar solo. Then we went, moved on to Divided States of America, you know, into Out in the Open. Again, the guitar playing on Out in the Open is just tremendous. It's magnificent. It's it's a really good, different style for him. Um, you know, we don't really hear Butch play like that. At least I've never heard yeah. him play like that. You yeah. Know, with the tone and the way, the style, like I said, very, for me at least, reminiscent of Gary Moore. Yeah, is that, um, let's see, yeah, I like the vibe on that one, definitely. And then on um, Divided Space, that's just like slow ballad, but it's kind of short, is that, yeah. is that right? Correct. Yeah, 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 That that's that's another one. It's like, here this here comes like a Joan, you know, like a, like here's like a new, new, a new version of Joan, uh, and it just ends so quick. You know, it's like a verse, it's two, two quick verses and it's over. I was kind of like, damn, what happened to that song? Does that, does that sound right? Yeah, no, I, I heard I that mean, too. Does, yeah. does that sound, does that sound accurate? I, I, Cause I, I mean, I just put this thing, I put it on play and just let it go. You know, I've had it on all weekend. So some, uh, watching the movie, I would definitely be paying more attention, but then you're kind of distracted by the visual but then when I just have it on repeat and I'm doing shit around the house, I'm kind of, you know, my full attention isn't there either. But that was one thing I, I do remember. It was kind of like, wait, where did that song go? <laughs> it's just really short. 
but it's, uh, it, it, it sounds like it could have been like one of those Jones or Atlanta type tunes, you know, but didn't go there. The next song yeah. is Torn in the USA, which for me had a very Ponce de Leon Avenue vibe to it. Yeah. From Sycamore Meadows. Yeah, and with the... With the with the Billy Joel intro, uh, so as soon as I hear it, I I hear uh, uh, I don't really know the words. But it's like Mr. Tachitori, now I'm Hanover Street, saying son and move out to the country. Yeah, I hear that too. <laughs> no, I, I think he, I, like I said, I think he pulled from a lot of different influences to kind of have that contrast with the subject matter and the lyrics with with the music, and I, it's so clever and it works. It, it works so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really does. And the song "Torn in the USA" is one of my favorites on the album. I think I think "Gridlock" for me is is uh, definitely my favorite. I love "Fuck It," I don't like love. I love "Out in the Open," "Torn in the USA." Hey, how about how about the scream at the end of uh, "Torn in the USA"? At the end, his scream on that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's like a great where did song. that come from? I think he was maybe doing uh, Pilates and some core work to get that uh, <laughs> to get that level of that he need to get to. But no, he's done that in concert. We've seen him in concert where he belts out a scream, or you know. So I mean, I don't know if I, he's ever recorded anything like that. But I think the last yeah, show that yeah. I went and saw him with, which you did not attend, when he did the David Bowie medley, that was the one show the first time in years that I did not go to a Butch Walker show with you, which you missed a good show, man. You missed a really good show. Yeah, I know. I was out of town. I missed two two Chicago shows in my whole life. That's so. But uh, what? Where, so where are we at? Everything white now. Moving into out of torn in the USA goes into blinded by the white, where he has that medley of songs like "All Right Now" by Free, which becomes "All White Now." Blinded by the light, Bruce Springsteen's song becomes. Blinded by the White, he's got the Bob Marley song in there as well, and then it segues into Everything White, which has the similar vibe or has a similar vibe to the Marvelous Three song from Ready, Sex, Go, I'm Losing You. What did you think about that? How did you How did you absorb Everything White? Yeah, no, I, I was thinking... Um... Uh, get down from left to self centered. I Ooh, think was, okay, the, okay. was the tune was the one I was thinking of. But they're both kind of similar. Like they're almost I don't know R and B like. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it's definitely different than the rest of the uh, than the rest of the tracks. But the chorus, the chorus, you know, kind of sends it home. Like the chorus brings it back and kind of redeems it in my eyes where it's like, okay, I didn't like that in the beginning, but now that the chorus kicked in, it like kind of, I liked it after that. I don't know why. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought when it, when, when it first started playing, I was kind of like, oh, okay, what's this about? This is a little different. And then of course, then I heard I'm losing you. But now that you've mentioned get down, there's a lot, you know, similarities with that song as well. Um, I think it moves the album forward. I think it's a great track. I think it's a good centerpiece in the album you know it's mm-hmm. it, it discusses the the viewpoint of white privilege which depending on who you are you either agree with it or you don't but it's a very i i think the way he presented it and the way he sang about it 
is very interesting, and I thought it was a very, very smart approach on his part. And the, and the, the White Album reference was pretty, pretty yeah, funny that he was, has to point it out. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because people were like, huh, what do you mean, let it be, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It seems it, it felt like a you know this is a this is a song they clean the house to you know <laughs> I don't know why that's what that's just like this is I put this on and clean the house. What do you mean by that? I don't know. Like it just kind of has that um, that vibe. It's a uh, I don't know. Like it's a sunny day. You want to get shit done. You feel good. Kind of a feel good song in, in a way. Just the music, not necessarily the the lyric content. We move on to Pretty Crazy, which was the first song that he released up to, you know, leading up to this album, which I think is another great track too as well. Uh, you know, a little bit more of the Spade style Butch Walker, a little bit more of the I liked you better when you had no heart. That's, you know, we keep coming back to hearing the songs that are familiar to us because it has a similar vibe as a song that me have he may have done previously. And I think that might be on purpose because when you layer this album and you look at how this album is layered, first you have the lyrics, right? Which Butch identifies with because of the upbringing he had. So there's the layer of the upbringing. Then there is the music that is the you know, his core influences or music that he was influenced by leading the way, kind of navigating the journey through the different types of styles, tones, and textures that he uses. So that's another layer. Then the third layer is his own personal music history. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. the music that you can go back to that has a similar vibe or sounds eerily similar when you're listening to, I'm like, oh, it sounds like that. It doesn't sound exactly like it. But it's like, okay, what does that sound like again? So it's yeah, it's a kind of a way that Bush is reflecting on three fronts. He's reflecting on his upbringing and what led him to current day, you know, and how he's evolved as a person and how he has changed his viewpoints or maybe not changed his viewpoints, but he got out of the circle of life that he was in and maybe that's the reason why there's the Lion King reference. You know, the Lion King talks about the circle of life, of how when you're in one circle, you only care about the things in that circle. You don't experience much more than that circle. It isn't until you get out of that circle that you find another circle and then you find another one. And that's how you really kind of grow as a person. So maybe as we go back to Flyover State with the Lion King chorus, there's a reason why that's in there. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm like really diving too deep into it, but I can see that connection. And then as he reflects on his influences, you know, whether it's, you know, Fleetwood Mac or whether it's Tom Petty or whatever it is, you know, that all comes out in this record. Although I don't hear any 77 Kiss you know, style songs, but whatever. Um, and then there's the maybe, rip- maybe fuck, fuck it. I don't like love is maybe, a little maybe rocking. You know, you know what I'm remembering about that one is the, um, the guitar riff in that is like uh, blue Monday from foreigner. Yes. Yes. Good ear, man. That's, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's really interesting. Yeah. But again, like he's reflecting on his influence and then he's reflecting on his own career, how he's grown 
musically, you know, from the days of Marvelous 3, from the days of South Gang, how he's grown as a person from the days of Georgia, you know, getting out of that circle of life that he was in, and then just growing from the influences that helped shape his music career. So this is a very personal album for Butch on a lot of different levels. I think, you know, he sees things and he watches TV, he reads about current situations, and I, again, I've said this before in other episodes, I think the idea of telling someone to shut up because they're an entertainer or a musician is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, stay, stay in your, yeah. stay in your lane, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. I just think, Hey, you know, they're American citizens, just like you and I, whether, whether he's a plumber, a teacher, a police officer, an executive, a musician, or an actor, he has a right to say what's on his mind. And of course they have a different platform than, you know, the, the averaged, you know, middle-class guy, of course, but I don't think he, what he you does know, in this record you know, is anything too controversial. Isn't, isn't an, isn't an artist supposed to make people think Isn't that what their job is anyway? Yes. Yes. You know, whether it's a painting, whether it's a story, whether it's a song, whether it's an acting role, you know, the way you portray a character, you know, take, um, Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker this past year. I mean, it makes yeah, you think about yeah. a lot of things, it makes you think about mental health issues, makes you think about a lot of different things just on his performance. So, yes, and I, I do agree. I do agree that there are actors, actresses, people in Hollywood, musicians that say dumb stuff, that say some really uneducated stuff. And then, of course, what happens is is that Whatever it falls under, the conservative or liberal agenda, they feed on that. They capture that and they play that soundbite over and over and over again. So then you're, you know, programmed to think, oh, all these people in Hollywood are crazy. All these people in Hollywood, you know, and there are people in, you know, Hollywood entertainers that say stuff for the soundbite because they think that it makes them important. It makes them part of the conversation, but it's not authentic. I think with this album, yeah. this is coming from an authentic place where, like I said, yeah, it's, for sure, it's, for sure. yeah, it's very layered and it's all about reflection and it's all about looking at maybe how you used to think of things. Like the first intro is the singer. Are we having a conversation? And that conversation <laughs> is reflecting on your actions currently in the past and how you're going to proceed forward. So that's the what I take out of this album. Yeah, I, I get it, and I mean, with with your your points about you know our, uh, actors saying things and people focusing on them. What if what if you know the nut jobs we have as friends on on our social media sites? What if they were in the spotlight? Could you imagine <laughs> the lambasting that they would get? Yeah. You know, they're just not they're just not as famous as these people that are saying this stuff. That's the only difference. They're not in the, they're not in the spotlight. God help us all, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's a very great, that's a that's a great point in that we have people on social media that we're friends with that say some of the most outrageous things or, or share some of the most outrageous things that are not factual, have no evidence to back it up. Yet, if an actor says something that's very poignant, very important, um very honest we immediately shun them and tell them to stay in their lane 
you know, and, yeah, and, 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 right. and that's on both sides, really. It really is. I mean, you know, the, the, the liberal left, you know, doesn't want to hear anything from Ted, Ted Nugent. They, they block everything. Ted Nugent, they boycott Ted Nugent. Stranglehold is still one of my favorite songs. I'll still listen to his music. <laughs> I don't necessarily have to agree with his thoughts. Just like yeah. if you don't happen to agree with what Butch is saying, his album, that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you from enjoying the right. art, the music. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that's just, I think it's a very narrow way of looking at things that you can't listen or watch something that has an element in there that you don't agree with. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know how we got to that point. I, I posted something about the album and uh, somebody replied, I hear this is a political album. Is that true? Some, something like that. And I'm like, I just replied. I said, I will let you draw your own conclusions, sir. <laughs> He's like, well, that's one way of not answering a question or something like that. So like, it's all perspective, man. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, you go back to the sixties, to the seventies. I mean, you think of Bob Dylan, you think of Woodstock, you think of the songs by the who you think of songs by Crosby, Stills and Nash. You think of all of your, them. your, your Bruce Springsteen reference on the Satriani, uh, interview. Yes. About yeah. The Bor- politicians using born in the USA as their, their theme song. And it's really a protest song. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that happens all throughout time. Look at the, um, you know, Street Fighting Man by the Rolling Stones. Look at the song War Pigs, which is a a, a, yeah. a protest song about the war. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Black Sabbath all fans hear, all, realize all, that. All they hear is the all they hear is the the chorus. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they don't listen to the verses. <laughs> right, right. So all throughout time, all throughout music, especially rock music, has always had elements of protest. Has always had elements of politics and political points of view. It doesn't make it bad music. I, I like to hear what an artist is thinking, whether it's something I agree with or disagree with. I, I don't think you should shun it automatically because it goes down the road. Yes, like I said, there are people that make stupid statements in Hollywood, but there are a lot of people that are authentic. There are a lot of people that do a lot of good things. I, I posted on my Twitter feed months ago about John Bon Jovi and I got someone to remark, oh, he's a liberal. You know what? Whether he's a liberal or not, he does a lot of work in poor communities um, with, with Habitat for Humanity. Look at his soul kitchen that he has on the East Coast. So, you know, he does back it up. Someone like George Lynch, look at his activism, whether he's doing a documentary about Native Americans, whether he's protesting the pipeline that runs from Canada all the way to the Gulf Coast, whether he's on his Instagram with a group of people feeding the homeless in LA. These are authentic. That These are people that are, are backing up what they say. There's a difference yeah. between someone who doesn't do anything and just, you know, on the red carpet will say something controversial and stupid. Yeah, there are those people. But like I said before, yeah. Yeah. we shouldn't judge a whole group of people based on a few bad actors. That's all I'm saying. The next song is You Gotta Be Just Who You Are, which is about... Wait, 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 wait. Pretty crazy. I, that is my, that's my standout song on the album. <laughs> well, let's go back to that. So we were talking about, you know, we, we went 
on a tangent there. We went, kind of went on a ramp, but the song was that we were originally talking about was Pretty Crazy, which was the first single that led up to the release of the album, which, again, has a lot of familiar tones and texture yeah, of, of yeah. other Butch songs. But you really like this one. This one really resonated with you. Yeah, it's totally the quintessential Butch song. You know, it's like you said, this album almost reflects his career, his life, where it all leads up to this song. You know, like the, it's just like, it, it, I could, I could hear it on three or four other Butch albums and it would fit perfect. It's kind of the culmination of all the stuff he's been doing and building up to, to reach this perfect song. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's a perfect song, but it's, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it, it hits, checks all the boxes, you know, it's got, you know, his, his, um, you know, his high vocal, you know, the ooze in the beginning, you know, kind of, kind of uh, trademark Butch and his, his guitar work on it, you know, is, uh, just incredible, you know, either the, uh, the guitar solo or just the, the way he's playing the chords. He's not just playing chords. He's moving all around when he's playing. I love it. <laughs> you know, and the, the play on the words of the, of the chorus, you gotta be pretty, uh, crazy or one or the other, whatever, whatever, whatever the um, sequence of, of it is, and the, the cussing kind of in the middle of it, it just yells like "fuck," you like you know he messed something up in the studio and just yelled "fuck," and he left it in, you know. Yeah, that's and then like yeah, yeah, it's totally it's like perfect. It's it's like the perfect culmination of all the stuff Butch does in one tune, you know. Like there's a a thing I call Muppets backup vocals that he does a lot in the songs where there's, I think it's all him, but he's just putting on, you know, five, five different parts and some of them are really high. So they, they just kind of sound like Muppets to me, but they're in there, you know? <laughs> and I don't know um, if like, this is, this is a song that I can hear him play live for a long time. You know, I'm, I'm sure this will be, this will be on his, on his live show for a while. Yeah. yeah, it's vintage Butch. Right. It's got a lot of the same elements that we've talked about. Again, you know, I I want to call it like a reflective element, reflective influence, because I think that's a perfect way to describe sure. what he's doing on this sure. album. But now I enjoyed the song too. It's one of my favorites. I still go back to Gridlock. I just love that song. I love the feel and the vibe and the yeah. lyrics to it. So mm-hmm. that's my song. Mm-hmm. We go on to "You Got to Be Just Who You Are," which is a another sensitive subject it shouldn't be but it's about allowing someone to be who they are becoming and who they want to be you know whether and he he's pulling the paul simon out for this one yes yes definitely sounds like the paul simon when he was working with the uh the african musicians i do hear that too as well um what was the name of that album graceland yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it has a definite Graceland Paul Paul Simon element to it, but the words are really interesting because I don't know if a song or an artist in rock has ever approached this subject before or presented it in this manner. Of people are born who they are, you know. People are born a certain way, and it's important for the support around him, the people around him to accept that. 
you know, I've always had conversations with people that gay is being gay is a choice. And I always go, well, then did you make a choice? Because I don't remember choosing between Jimmy and Julie. I always liked Julie. You know, I didn't have to ponder anything. I didn't have to really think about it. And I assume it's the same for people who identify as gay or lesbian or whatever they want to identify as. So I think it's a great approach. I think it's a great song. I'm reminded of a friend. Talk about evolving and not evolving. So I have a friend or ex-friend. I'm no longer friends with him and his family anymore because of certain subjects and certain things that they would talk about. And I remember being at a barbecue and they were talking about gay marriage and how it goes against everything that the Lord states in the Bible. And this is a family that claimed to be very religious, even though there's at least a half a dozen children born out of wedlock between all the sisters and brothers. There's been multiple divorces, Uh multiple affairs, but here they are, this group of people, this family judging gay people. And I'll never forget the comment by one of the sisters of my friend who stated, it's like having a birth defect. So just imagine, imagine viewing people as a walking human birth defect. Imagine viewing people oh, that way, yeah. you know, and it's just, and I push, I, I, I looked at her. I'm like, what, what did you just say? Like, you're just calling someone a, you know, a human birth defect because their way of life and their lifestyle differs from yours. And I'm thinking to myself, I know she's having an affair from her current husband right now. I wonder if, you know, if I should bring that up, <laughs> you know, but, but wow. I was just like, you know, and that's always one of the things that, you know, I kind of wrestle with, with, you know, religion and just kind of a viewpoint like that. Whereas, yeah, you know, God's making people like this. It's important that you accept people that God made and by tormenting them and calling them a defect and not supporting their lifestyle, you're basically not accepting them. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a big Bible reader. You know, I'll, I'll admit that, but the Bible says a heck of a lot of things. And if we followed everything in the Bible, I I don't know if we would have ever advanced as a society. So, you know, it's all about how you interpret it and it's all about how, you know, you think about it, but again, it's all perspective, man. Yeah. It's It's all all about perspective. And when you hear a song like this and the subject matter is what it is, and it's a very beautiful subject matter about acceptance. I think I always cringe at those moments in my life where I've heard people talk like that, where they're definitely not accepting someone for who they are, which is disappointing. Moving (laughs) to the last track, which is forgot to say, I love you which is a perfect way to end the album, perfect way to conclude this story, which I think is, uh, you know, one of the great albums released so far in 2020. What were your thoughts on the last track? Oh, it was was great. I was, um, you know, I was kind of waiting to see how the thing was going to wrap up because it's supposed to tell a story. And there were some... Um, parts of the story I hadn't heard yet, and this kind of this kind of wrapped it up. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. He kind of punches you right in the gut. You know, <laughs> punches you in the gut, and 
punch to make you uh, really think about, you know, you know, I guess life in general and kind of the, the whole album put together will make you do that. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good, man. It's good. And, you know, I was wondering where the Winnebago, the RV was going to come in and the ashes in the urn and this, that was it. Yeah, I think, so, but yeah. you know, my, my, how I kind of absorb this song is, you know, don't wait to say, I love you to somebody before it's too late. You know, I mean, yeah. And, yeah. and don't let your, don't let your judgment of people cloud what you feel about someone. It reflects, you know, the character's um, pride, well, you know, about his son who, you know, had at some point in the story told him that um, he was gay and, you know, just the pride that he's making more money and he's happily married to John now, you know, <laughs> things like that, that uh, it just really shows the turnaround in the, in, the, in the character coming from the first half of the album where he was prejudiced and, and born born with, with hate and then how all that changed around, met, his, met the love of his life and then she winds up dying on him, you know? I hope that made sense. It does. It does. I just think that, uh, you know, keep an open mind when you're listening to this. For those that haven't, if you don't want to hear it, you know, I don't think maybe Butch is trying to reach someone like you, even though I think you should listen to it. Uh, I just think that it's a good way to have a conversation, you know, with family or with friends on, you know, what the album is about and the subject matter. Like I said, it didn't grab me right away. You know, it could have been my mood that I was in, but over the weekend, I really, really absorbed it, and it did connect with me a lot in terms of I know the approach and, and the presentation, what Butch was trying to do, and, and I think it's a great, great album. Lyrically, musically, and I call it that, you know, reflective element on the album, which I think is a very, very clever way, smart way to make a record. Do you think there's going to be, you think there's going to be another addition to this album? You know, I don't know. I know he said there was a YouTube clip, I don't know, several months ago about him saying that it's going to mm-hmm. be a double album. So maybe there yeah, is yeah. A, a part two or maybe just a different record that he did. Maybe, I mean, he did say that he had this album for, two years a couple years now yeah yeah and um, sitting in the the can right right so i i don't know i don't know i i I hope he does i mean more anytime butch releases new music it's great so i know other artists have recorded multiple records and and have them ready to go at certain times maybe that's with butch maybe decided not to release it in one package maybe he wanted to do this one first and then Follow that up with a regular Butch Walker album that we're used to, or maybe something different, or maybe another continuation onto this. I don't know, but whatever it is, I think it's yeah. going to be great just because it's Butch, and I look forward to it. Yeah, I, 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 that would be really cool if, like, next month some other album came out, like Part Two. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's things he's talking about um, in the story that aren't necessarily addressed. You know, they're kind of, I'm like, where, where's the part about that? You know, it's not in there. So that makes me think 
that there, uh, you know, there could be, I, I probably not, but it would be super cool if, if another, you know, another album came out real soon just to compliment this one. Cause he, when he was describing it, like back in January, it sounded like it was, a. Uh, you know, one album was going to be the rock album and the other album was going to be more of an acoustic album. So I don't know. I don't know. It'd be very cool to, to see that come out. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a whole heck of a lot of nothing right now. So more new Butch Walker music is always a good thing, right? I, I, I'd say so. <laughs> always. Well, thanks for coming back on, Chris. I appreciate it. Always, uh, Always a, pleasure. a pleasure. Yeah, man. Thank you. Doing the Butch Walker review as a kind of a follow-up piece to our holiday show on why you should know who Butch Walker is. I hope everybody gets a chance to listen to this record. Keep an open mind. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Yeah. I'd say I'd say listen to it before you watch the, the accompanying video just so you don't get... Um, right. I think that might have been your your issue is that you were you were told what you were supposed to be thinking about as you were listening to it for the first time versus listening to it, kind of soaking it in and then watching the, right. watching the movie. Right. It's kind of like reading the book before seeing the movie, right? You know, you want to, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you see in the movie yeah. and then you go back and you read the book, you're like, Oh my God, the, the book was so much better. So that's kind of the comparison yeah. I kind of have with it. So that's a good one. That's very accurate. I think. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Once again, everybody, go buy Butch Walker's new album, American Love Story. You can find us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. You can find us on Facebook when you search The Hook Rocks. Go check it out. Like us, follow us, whatever. Thanks again for listening. This is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.